Moon Pie. gentlemen welcome to the film find the greatest movie podcast ever assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before i am your host adam porches and i'm joined by matt smith hey i'm still here like joaquin <laughs> just like joaquin phoenix just we like are joaquin. still here just like him we haven't shaved in a while maybe even bathed in a while but hey you know we're we're celebrated in our time, and maybe in a year or two we'll come back and be like, yeah, yeah, we was just playing. <laughs> I just grew that crazy beard. So uh, why not? I, listen, I'll, I'll give that movie this much credit, man. Uh, they sold it. They sold it. They leaned into it, and uh, everybody can say whatever they wanted to. Yeah, I like that movie. People, 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 people bought the whole act. Like, like the yeah, you know. Good. Walking Phoenix going on uh, Letterman chewing gum, and then like you know he gets you know rousted for having yeah, a little bit of gum. Rap song, it's good. Throws it down on the table, just goes in it like get, getting in the news, just like you know tearing up nightclubs or whatever it is that he's doing. Like they they in uh, for penny, in for a pound on that program, and uh, I, I applaud them is what I do. Yes, uh, but hopefully Applause. you guys will applaud us by coming and bringing you yet another fantastical week of programming. We got our regular "What You Been Watching" segments, uh, which I think are going to be chock a block full with some good stuff and, and some not good stuff, and maybe some not good stuff. Because sometimes I watch things that are not good. Yeah, that's that's it is what it is. And of course, we'll also be discussing in uh, in, in our big reviews, uh, Insidious: The Last Key and I Tanya, and uh, you know, two quite different movies. That's for sure. If there's anything that we uh, we are about here, it is clearly uh, a diverse lineup of films. Indeed. Uh, so we'll be discussing all of that. But Matt, I have been kind. Of, I've been. Uh, uh, I've been lagging. Moon pie. What? <laughs> What a time to be alive. Uh, okay, 250. I got to bark that my show. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. Uh, what? Uh, so what have you been contemplating? We've, we, well, I haven't been contemplating anything, but I've been lacking. We've been lacking. Okay. I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've starred them up and everything, but we get so few letters around here that I forget that we have them. So, oh, shit. Uh, let's you op- forgot one. Let's open, how, up, how, let's how open up the mailbag. <laughs> Shut up. Bale's <laughs> here. All right, so uh, this one comes to us from Maria. Speaking of uh, her in the pre-show and the many other people that go to patreon.com slash the film fund. Hey, guys. So I saw two movies with my kid over the past week. uh, We saw The Greatest Showman and Ferdinand. The Greatest Showman was amazing. I loved it so much that I've seen it twice so far, once with a friend and once with my little guy. When I brought the little guy, I'll admit I was kind of nervous that he would get bored and it wasn't uh, bored as it wasn't an animal or monster-centric movie. (laughs) 
Uh, my little guy is All five. Fair. That's true. My little guy is five, and he actually he actually quite enjoyed himself. Some of the in between song parts, uh, he was getting a little fidgety, but when the songs were played, he loved it. Uh, there were a few times I caught him dancing in his seat. It was definitely a great family movie, and the songs definitely helped move it along, especially for the younger crowd. Now on to Ferdinand. First of all, I was practically dragged to Ferdinand because my kid would not stop asking to go see it. Darn kids. Uh, It was a fantastic movie for my little guy. He loved it, he laughed, and when he got out of the theater, he told me to take a video and tweeted out his reaction. Me, on the other hand, I thought it was horrible. (laughs) It was definitely more of a kid movie as opposed to a kid movie that adults can enjoy. Some people may like it, but I couldn't stand it. The acting and the jokes were not doing it for me. I couldn't wait for it to be over. At least it wasn't as horrible as the star. (laughs) I swear if I did them back to back, I might have died. It's definitely great for little ones, though, and I guess eh, that's what counts, right? Anyways, keep up the awesome work, guys. Maria from upstate New York. Thanks for that, Maria. Yeah, sometimes you gotta bite the bullet with the kids' stuff, man. They gotta, you just watch them and you just kind of go, look, this is not, like, at least with, like, Pixar and stuff like that, you're looking, it's like, oh, okay, well, this isn't, you know, usually it's not so bad. There's some jokes for mom yeah. and dad, there's a couple jokes for the kids. Well, I gotta stuff. tell you, like, I, I just, you know, we, we went hard, uh, like, trying to see as many things as possible for a long time for the show. And I got to say, the thing that I have no problem dropping right now is uh, like anything that uh, Blue Sky puts out. Yeah, there there is a level of bad animation that's like, oh boy. I don't like it. Um, I just, I haven't liked anything that they've done. Uh, I think, yeah, it's just too, fuck it. So (laughs) anyway, I didn't go, I didn't go and see Ferdinand. Uh, right, so because, and, and apparently, you know, we were better off for it, it sounds. But like, I, I think the only one that you and I have seen that we were like, oh, yeah, this is pretty solid was the Peanuts movie. That was a good one. Yeah. And that's be- but but that's because like it really wasn't their animation style. But, and as long as you like do the characters. Yeah, you almost got to try to screw right? that like, up in a way, you know? But uh, I just can't do Blue Sky anymore, man. I just can't do it. I don't give a shit about any more Ice Age movies. Uh, what's their other big one? Oh, Rio? Is that them? Um, the Bird? I think that's them. Maybe. I don't know. I didn't. Anyway, I just can't do it. I also, uh, I don't know. I'm starting to to waver on uh, Illumination as well, right? Is that is that him? Chris Millardi? The guy that did uh, Despicable Me. Yeah, all the so yeah. The I like the first two Despicable Me movies. Yeah, um, they're great. I haven't seen the third one. I, uh, Minions sucked. The Minions did suck. Well, the biggest problem with Minions is that like we saw trailers for like well over a year, and they pretty much told you every joke that was in the movie. It was real. Like yeah. I mean, it wasn't good, but it was it was doubly bad in the fact that we knew all the jokes ahead of time because you had so many trailers because all you had to do was sell this to kids. But as we've seen. In movies like Paul Blart Mall Cop, it's like the most people, like the people that laugh at this at this garbage and the stuff that is garbage, is are, they're laughing at the stuff that they already saw in the trailer, you know. And and, uh-huh. and if the kids saw the trailer and the kids are going to go see it and they've already seen all the stuff, they're still going to laugh again. Sorry, they are children and they're very easily amused. We all know yeah, kids that watch things eight billion times. 
my nephew has watched uh, the scene in Batman 66 with it where the fake shark bites Adam West's leg. He watches that more times than you know you you breathe air this month. It is just always, like a mm-hmm. is he like massive uh, like YouTube clipper? Like he just sits there and hits replay on yeah, YouTube videos. Pretty, yeah, you'll just you'll get him on that one, and it's just Batman shock, Batman Batman shock. That's that's pretty much yep. it, and it's constantly he's just screaming at the YouTube app to do Batman and Shark, and you know he's three years old, and that's what he will play nonstop. He loves that uh-huh. Batman, he, the shark eating Batman's leg. I, why that's the thing for him, I don't know, but hey, to each his own, I say. Uh, but yeah, good luck with that man, and hopefully he'll grow out of that quicker than not. But you know, I'll say this: by and large, though, we are at a state where. Um, Animated films are way, uh, you know, even despite the crap ones, they're way better than they've been in a long period of time. You know, like almost at almost any time in history, the qua- the number of quality animation films that we get far outweighs the crappy ones, I would say, in comparison. But then again, yeah. I did see a, tra- a trailer <laughs> for Hotel Transylvania 3 where uh, they're on a fucking cruise ship. Uh-huh, yeah, of course. Oh, Jesus. Uh, you gotta see all this. Is Mel Brooks coming back? I don't, I don't, I don't, I think, I know they be. had grandpa in the trailer, but I don't think he said anything. Hmm. I don't. Yeah. I'm I gonna, think you're I'm right. I think look he's this in, the, up. Anyway, in the trailer, uh, but not this. So you check on that uh, and I'll, uh, yeah, I'll read you, a second email. Yes. Thank you. Uh, this one comes to us from Chad. Hey guys, loving the show. Just wanted to recommend the show American Vandal on Netflix. It's a really fun mockumentary style show that parodies, parodies the true crime genre. Also wanted to mention the A24 psychological horror drama, The Killing of a Sacred Deer. It's beautifully shot and disturbing throughout. Excited to see what you guys bring to the new year. Yours, superhero fan Chad. Uh, I've actually seen half of uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer. I know you've seen it, right? You reviewed it on the show. Uh, no, did we? No, I, no, I didn't get to. We you were didn't? planning to go, and then it like yeah, and then it got to like it was only showing at a weird fucking showtime here. That's right. Well, I've seen half of it, and because um, we were going to talk about lobster and all that shit. Right. I saw so half I of it so far, that. and it yeah. is a very different movie for sure. Uh, I I would like once I get and yeah, I may get to that this weekend. Just finish that on up. I'll I'll shoot it over to you so you can add that onto your list if 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 and you got the time. Uh, and one more here. Uh, this this one's from this one's from a good buddy, Rocket Face. A rocket, yeah, yeah, rocket, yeah. What the fuck? Hold on, God Rocket damn. Raccoon. Rocket Raccoon. Uh, uh, the, the, the kid from Rocket Power. What was his name? <laughs> I don't. <remember. laughs> I know what it looks like though. Uh, yes, yes, it's Rocket uh, Face. This hold on, before face. before you get going, <laughs> Mel Brooks is back. Okay, good. Thank, thank Mel God. Brooks, one hundred percent, is back. And also, uh, I think I was thinking of Auto Rocket. Okay. From Rocket Power. All right. Anyways, uh, I, uh, <laughs> what do you, you want from me? <laughs> Just read the thing. I'm so goddamn. Uh, uh, so, so Rocket Face shoots us a, an email here. Top ten of the year. I really hope you guys make a top 10 list. This is my first time creating one. Also, went to the movies more than ever thanks to MoviePass. MoviePass, not a sponsor of this program, but they could and should be. And, uh, you know, so hit that. Hit us up at uh, thefilmfind at gmail.com, MoviePass. Uh, so you want to go number... I, love, I love that they're listening. In yeah, your mind. Yeah, yeah, in my mind, they're listening. <laughs> hey, somebody's listening. I'll, we'll talk about that after the show. Um... <laughs> 
Uh, so sure. you, you want to go, let's go 10 to 1. What do you say? All right, so this is Rocket Face. Number 10, Good Time. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, number That's nine, a solid one. Number 9, Logan. Good one. Yes. Brisby Bear. I've heard about this one. Yeah, um, I did have... not get the chance to go see it. I have a copy. But want to. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that. Uh, yeah, I have a way. Uh, seven. I've not heard of this one. Columbus. Wait, what? Columbus. Okay, I'm looking this up. I'm right not now. sure that was. I, I don't know what that one is, Rocket. Uh, number six. It comes at night. Oh, with John Cho. I remember this thing. That right sometimes happens with me. Uh, number five. <laughs> Dunkirk. Number four. Uh-huh. Get out. Number three. Mother. Number two, The Shape of Water, and number one, The Florida Project. Hey, that's, that's a pretty solid top ten list, my man. That is solid. I'm very intrigued that Mother is on it. Uh, because that's a movie that uh, kind of no one talks about now. Yeah. Uh, Nobody it, liked it, one. I did. <laughs> yeah, well, we both did. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, a lot of people. It, do. I don't think it's going to make my top ten, and we'll be doing that episode eventually as well. Yeah, I'm going to be. Uh, I, I'm trying to like wrap up as much 2017 as I can. We still got a couple more. One we'll be doing next week. Um, right. But I'm also going to be. I'm going to be going on um, as is my annual tradition now, going on uh, outside the cinema and doing a top ten over there. Uh, so I'll, I'll, it'll probably be close to the same. Sometimes I switch them up a little bit just to be on the funsy side. Uh, but man, yeah, that's a, it's a, that's a pretty good top ten list, and one of those I might be mentioning during this year, uh, the next segment. What do you say? Uh, so let's close up the old mailbag. Fails here. <laughs> and as always, if you'd like to email us, email us at thefilmfind at gmail.com. The way you uh, the way you just said mailbag was uh, mailbag. that's how. Greg Proop says man bag beer <laughs> when he's when he's uh, doing fake commercials for uh, for bros. Go, take, take a sip of that frothy man bag. <laughs> Who amongst us does it? I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a boat bag <laughs> expert myself. <laughs> uh, that that is again that's Greg Proops. It's not me, but uh, that's what it reminded me of. Very the good. Mailbag. All right, so let's get into what you've been watching here. I will go first because <laughs> mine are fairly short here. Uh, I, I I saw this about two or three weeks ago, so I may not have it in the best of mind here. But uh, I saw Netflix documentary entitled "Nobody Speak: The Trials of the Free Press." Uh, this is written and directed by Brian uh, Kaplanberger. That's pretty good. I think I I think I got that right off the bat. Uh, he only, he's, he directed a, he's mostly done kind of doc sort of stuff. Uh, he did one on like anonymous or something like that. So, uh, you know, he's known for this Uh sort of deal. Here's the IMDB plot line. The trial between Hulk Hogan and Gawker media pitted privacy rights against freedom of the press and raised important questions about how big money can, how big money can silence media. Uh, this film is an examination of the perils and duties of the free press in an age of inequality. Uh, and this uh-huh. will also dovetail into what we're talking about next week uh, with the post. But um, first of all, this thing is sold as a Hulk Hogan v. Gawker, and if you know about that, uh, it's it's all about that big you know deal. 
And, you know, yes. what is a private citizen versus a public citizen is just releasing a sex tape. Is that considered news or is that, you know, a private proper, uh, you know, a private personal thing that should not be out there? You know, when and where do we have those lines drawn and everything? And, um, but that's just a cover. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a cover. Th- that for is this not what the trial was actually about. Well, no, no, no. That's, that's a, my point is that's a cover for this doc. This doc is, uh-huh. this doc is, uh, it, it goes in, it's pretty much a Trump hit piece by the, by the time we get after a quarter of the way through the thing, we drop Hulk, well, we drop Hulkamania altogether, goes right into Trump. But, um, and, and I'll be curious to see with the post and everything, because, you know, the, What's nice about the documentary, and I'll say this, is that uh, it does bring up questions. It tends to go a little bit more towards the, you know, well, the media is the best side of all the things. And having well, worked in media, I can tell you, they, they ain't all angels. There's well, a lot of look, Without having seen the doc, what I can tell you is that 100% what happened is that a billionaire drove a business into bankruptcy through court costs with hulk hogan's trial as a front because they had published shit about peter Thiel, right and it's and kind of interesting that that's way. the fucking thing no, that it, happened to go you're Walker. you're right you're right you're right and they do throw that whole thing in there they they obviously do not gloss over that at all uh but it, it's it's interesting i mean it, it's well done it's well, i'll uh, add it to my queue it's yeah i mean honestly i think if if this sort of thing is uh in your wheelhouse i think yeah when i finished it i was like you'll you'll love this um, I, I thought it was good. Maybe not great, but but pretty good. And uh, like I said, I, I having worked in some media, uh, they're not always the best of people, but I think there's a lot of people uh, in the media and stuff, especially like newspapers, and, <laughs> and we'll talk about that next week, that really hold themselves in super high regards when, you know, they ain't nothing to write home about, let's be honest. Uh, some of them are, but a lot uh, yeah. of them are not. But that's just, that's uh-huh. just, that's one man's opinion who's kind of, Seen some dirt. Uh, okay, on to the next one though. Uh, it was one of Rocket Face's top ten. This is one that Matt saw earlier in the year, and I finally got a chance to check out "Good Time," written and directed by Benny and Josh uh, Sadifi, uh, starring uh, Sa- Safti. Safti. Okay, yeah, that sounds yeah. better. Safti, uh, starring Benny and Robert Pattinson and uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. And so there's a big bank robbery there. Well, it's not even really big. It's kind of like a ho-hum, which is nice. Uh, bank robbery goes awry, and uh, his mentally ill brother gets uh, um, arrested, and then his ass kicked in jail, and then he goes to a hospital, and then Robert Pattinson's character is trying to uh, you know, break him out. That doesn't work as planned, and it's a whole... Um, just think of like what a really bad version, like uh, like a mo- really bad modern-day version of... Uh, oh, what's the fucking score? After Hours. <laughs> it's not quite uh-huh. as fun as After Hours is, mind you. Uh, but that kind no, of like... It's, it's certainly like more horrific. I that's think. true. Way more horrific. Uh, but this, is, this movie's really good. Uh, visually it's, it's fantastic. It is super low budget, which is, which is fun. Um, but it's, it's done super well. And I gotta say that, um, Benny, I had to check, I had to check. I don't know about you, but I had to check and I had to go, is Benny uh, mentally challenged? Because he did so well that was just like, and he's got, he's not traditionally handsome. Let's put it that way. Uh, so he's got he's got a he's got a particular look about him. So in the way he carries himself and everything in his acting job, you do go. Well, is this guy? Is this? Is he? Uh, is he? Is he mentally handicapped or 
No, he's not. <laughs> he's a uh, he's a uh, you know hundred percent uh you know fully functional and it's but it's uh it's good Pattinson's uh really great in it a little bit understated which I, which I like and again it's another one of those it's I feel so bad uh on account of the Twilight movies you know we got Robert Pattinson who's not a bad actor we got Kirsten Stewart not a bad actor and they were in this horrible horrible thing for so many years and like for some people that's all they'll ever be sadly uh, but they're a couple, a pair of good actors who, you know, given the right material, can stretch their wings and fly a little bit here. Uh, but good time is a good time, even though it is bad. <laughs> as far as like, no one's having a good time in this. I'll tell you that. Uh, but great ending and everything. Uh, but done super well. Uh, I can't see. I can't wait to see what these guys kind of do next and and stuff. But I think uh, Pattinson said he was. Uh, he had saw something that the brothers did previously. And basically said, I don't know what you're doing, but I want to do something with you. That's pretty mm-hmm. crazy. <laughs> to have a Hollywood star just kind of up and see your stuff and say, hey, whatever you're doing, I'd like to be involved in it. Whoa, shit. <laughs> pretty good. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I'd, I'd recommend Good Time as well. Good good pick for your top ten there, Rocket Face. Matt, what have you been watching? I uh, got a few things. I'll, uh, I'll start with the big one. I went to see Father's Figures at the movie theater the other day. Uh, I was one of two people figure. in the screening. Uh, <laughs> granted, this was also during the college football national change championships, which were held here in Atlanta. I so of course, dogs. no one was fucking anywhere. <laughs> What's that? I said go dogs. Oh, yeah, whatever. I don't care. I don't either. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, You know what I did that day whenever somebody would ask me, like, oh, you pulling for Georgia? I'd be like, uh, I went to South Carolina, so I honestly don't give a shit. <laughs> we don't win stuff, so shut up. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that's the that's the big SEC rivalry for South Carolina is that shit. Every, you know, it's not really Clemson. That's just the state shit. Sure. Uh, uh, anyway, uh. but I also don't care about that. At all. I just know that UGA fans are annoying as fuck. Sorry if you're a UGA fan, but, you know, if you've never had uh, 50 Georgia fans woof at you after a game (laughs) at your fucking campus while you're just walking to your dorm room, uh, you don't know what animosity is like. Yeah, uh, that's right. Uh, (laughs) I'd be like like uh, screaming, go Mighty Ducks, and they're like, what the fuck is he talking about? (laughs) But anyway. Anyway, uh, I went to see uh, Father Figures. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, this is the new film that stars Ed Helms uh, and uh, Owen Wilson and inexplicably a lot of other people. Wow. Um, <laughs> say wow. Wow. <laughs> I just have uh, to do the old Owen Wilson every now and then. You just it's a, it's a one word impression. Wow. <laughs> got a, uh, you know, it's got fucking Glenn Close and Harry Shearer uh, is in this thing for like five minutes. <laughs> Uh, Terry Bradshaw, Ving Rhames, uh, Christopher Walken's in here. Uh, wow. See, there's a couple, you can just do it like, <laughs> wow. There's, yeah. There's wow. And there's wow. But, uh, Ving, Ving so, Rhames is so wow, motherfucker. Movie, <laughs> so bad. So this movie, uh, is, um, directed by, uh, Lawrence Scher. It's his first film as a director although he's uh he's cinematographer on a lot of stuff uh including the upcoming godzilla king of the monsters um but it's uh he's he's todd phillips cinematographer basically right like like this is where he cut his teeth doing comedy um he's he's done 
all those Todd Phillips movies going back, I don't know, a fucking decade at least now. Um, as well as in some really good indie work, like he was the cin- cinematographer on uh, Kissing Jessica Stein. Oh. Uh, so anyway, this is his uh, and and Club Dread I saw on the IMDb page. Club <laughs> Dread. Wow, that's one you hadn't thought about in, what, 10 years? I think about that movie all the time because of the Pac-Man uh, maze scene. <laughs> which, <laughs> which I just think is conceptually kind of brilliant, no. but... Uh, anyway, uh, send so, your club so dread Blu-rays. To... <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, what this what this movie is about? Father figures uh, is it? Uh, Owen Wilson and Ed Helms play uh, fraternal twins, and they don't know who their father is. They find out that it's not the guy who is in the photograph that their mom gave him, telling them they were that telling them that he was dead because one day Ed Helms is sitting in. Uh, his hotel room and watching uh, or in his room in his mom's place. I can't remember exactly which because uh, it doesn't matter where it was. Uh, and he's watching uh, Law and Order SVU. And the person in the photograph is is like the that week's killer. <laughs> so uh, he recognizes him as his dad and goes and asks his mom about it. Well, you know, she claims that she doesn't remember. And hey, it's Terry Bradshaw. Well, this sets them out on a road trip to Florida where uh, he and Owen Wilson, who has a uh, barbecue sauce label photograph fortune. Uh, wow, that's specific. Okay. Yeah, well, he gets he make, he make got paid, I think he says, 30 cents per bottle sold from this barbecue sauce company for the use of this picture of him on the label. <laughs> and then they sold 30 million bottles. Sounds very Todd Phillips-esque. Yeah. Anyway... Uh, so they get out on this road trip to find, find their, uh, father and go through a, a series of, uh, potentials, right. Uh, in, including all of the other older actors that are in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, along the way, they also pick up a hitchhiker played by Cat Williams, who, uh, they tie up in the back seat and almost kill in a train and all kinds of other stuff. Uh, this movie's wacky. A movie with Cat Williams in it's, it being wacky. I don't believe it's uh, true. That's a joke. It's not. And that joke was as funny as this movie. <laughs> um, there are a couple of like decent moments in here. Like Ed Helms' character is depressed and he's like uh, divorced and his kid hates him. And so when the, when he's first watching Law and Order in his uh, bed, uh, it, it like comes on and he just like under his breath mutters the uh the opening uh lines and then does the boom boom with it Mm -hmm. which was just like a really great funny sad moment (laughs) like i like we've all done that shit before it is not a good life (laughs) (laughs) um but anyway uh it's just not good it's not funny uh i laughed a couple of times um owen wilson I don't fucking know why he hasn't changed his hairstyle in 20 fucking years. That's because I'm going bald. What? I I, I, I figure it's because he might be going bald. I think that's his real hair. I mean, there's no way that. I mean, no, he just might be. It might be reducing is what I'm saying. Oh, I don't think so. No, no, I don't think so at all. I think it's just like he's a fucking shaggy ass dog. Here's what I've got. And and that's what I'm going with. I want to seem to go back to bottle rocket hair. But, uh. 
but it like I don't know. It it looks weird to wear your hair like you're uh, twenty years old, twenty five years old, twenty years ago when you're forty five. Say when it was uh, back in '05 uh, for this haircut. Maybe right yeah. around then, but yeah, like okay, dude, we get it. Um, I want him to like do something where he's not just playing like a variation of somebody who surfs a lot. Yeah. Uh, cause he is a good actor. He's just not utilized a lot. And I feel like ever since wedding crashers, he's just been coasting on some shit. And, uh, honestly, I can't remember the last time he's been in something like really good. Yeah, I'm scratching my head. I not, mean, it was nothing, probably before that, right? I mean, nothing leaps off the page at me, just from memory. Midnight in Paris, maybe. Yeah, I maybe. think that's. I think that's what most people would probably point to. Uh, oh, you know what? That's a lie. He was good in uh, No Escape, but he was also like not. I mean, you didn't have to act. It's a yeah, thrill. that it's wasn't really him right. per se. I, I, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, like he just. I don't know. Fuck it. He was in Grand Budapest, but he didn't have a big thing. Yeah. Uh, who wasn't in that fucking movie? Yeah, it's just like, um, have you ever been? <laughs> in but a, but in anyway, movie. Owen Wilson uh, is in this. He's not good. Ed Helms is not good. Uh, they have Glenn Close come on and play like the worst, most uh, innocuous fucking mother character you've ever seen in one of these things. Like, yeah, she talks about how much sex she had or whatever. But for an R-rated comedy, like... The, this doesn't do very much. Hmm. Um, anyway, it's not good. I've gone on a, way too long about it. I want to talk about two things uh, that I kind of liked. All right. Uh, first thing uh, is uh, this movie called Here Alone. It's streaming on Netflix. Um, this is uh, a movie starring uh, Lucy Walters, who some of you may know from Power. She's on that uh, TV show. Um this is this is a post-apocalyptic like horror sci-fi flick that's really um, quiet and understated. Uh, it's it's a zombie movie, uh, to be quite honest. Although um, it's all about like she has lost her husband and child, and now she's alone in the middle of nowhere, and she has to make trips into populated areas to try and get supplies where. You know, she has to go through a ritual to prep so that she's less detectable um, in that environment. And she comes upon this uh, guy and girl who are traveling and they help each other out for a while. Uh, it's pretty solid uh, filmmaking. It's, um, I'd say, like a like more dramatic horror film than a than a straightforward like blood and guts kind of thing. Mm hmm. Uh, but I, I did quite like it. It's uh, It's got beautiful cinematography. Uh, Lucy uh, Waters is great in it. Um, and uh, that's that on that one. Uh, the other one is a is a British horror film called The Bloodlands. Uh, this is from a couple years back, I, I believe. I think it came out here in 2015, maybe. Um, it's got uh, Pollyanna McIntosh, who... Most people here, she's a Scottish actress, but most people here probably know her um, from like really weird, uh, like just small bit roles in things like Land of the Lost. Um, but probably for her 
performance as the woman in the Jack Ketchum uh, written films, Offspring and The Woman. Um, the Woman is a supremely fucked up thing uh, directed by um, Lucky McKee. Um, oh, Lucky McKee making weird films? That's, that sounds weird. Well, it's so, that, <laughs> but it, but it's really good. And she's really great in it. But that's probably where most people know her from. Oh, look at this. She was also she's apparently also on Walking Dead now as Jadis. Jadis. But I'm not on this season, so I don't know. Uh, Anyway, um, The Bloodlands is a home invasion thriller uh, about this British couple who move into Scotland and uh, they're not fucking welcome there. Um, It was made in 2014 uh, in uh, Scotland. And it's uh, in the UK has a reputation as the first uh, referendum horror film Uh, because, of course, they are attacked by the Scots who don't want to be bothered with the fucking Brits anymore. Um, So so in that in that country, its original title is White Settlers, which I think is fucking great. That's it should have kept that title, but it wouldn't have worked here because it has a completely different connotation, I think. Uh, it's a pretty gruesome film uh, at parts, uh, although it's not like a super gory one. It's just kind of intense, and there is blood and guts. Uh, but I think uh, you can see this thing. It's solid. It's an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, Pollyanna McIntosh is great in it. That's the Bloodlands. That, um, and I finally sat down to that documentary, Haunters. You've seen this thing, right? Uh, refresh me about, about the haunted house industry. Is that the one you saw or did you see another one? Haunters, the art of the scare? Yes, 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 yes. And that's, uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a while back, but yeah, that was good. John, John Schnitzler, that thing. I think so. Yeah. Let me, let me take a look here, but I'm pretty sure. So, one, yeah. So this movie, uh, is finally out like for people to watch. It's on Netflix now. Um, and this is, uh, this is the one that's about the people who like work on haunted houses and work in them. And a lot of the movie actually gets spent with the guy who does McCamey Manor, Russ McCamey, the guy who like basically, he like abducts people and tortures them. It's not really a haunt in the same way. Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, I mean like this is a well-known thing. Uh, you can look it up on your own. I don't have to explain it if you're listening to this. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good documentary except that like. I really wanted more about the production of haunted houses and like all the work that goes into them and like get to see some of that. But it's really a like fairly uh, narrowly focused documentary. It, it, it follows like three different uh, things, right? And then is kind of peppered with broader interviews with uh, like the guy who overdoes uh, like Knott's Scary Farm. Right. Yeah. Um, but really, this movie is is uh, it, it's it's this guy who makes his own haunted house every year at his mom's place and uh, Russ McCamey. And those are really the two main characters featured in this thing. Uh, so I wanted a little more. I wanted it to be a little more broad, but I thought it was pretty well done, especially because uh, since this documentary was filmed which I think was like, correct me if I'm wrong, like six years ago, at least six or maybe five or six years ago. Some, Does that sound about right? That maybe I'm not, I forget. The um, history. 
but since then, like McKamey Manor has become this major uh, thing and a significant point of contention within the haunted house community um, as being too dangerous or whatever else. I uh, honest to God, like I, like to me, when I found out about all that stuff, I was just like this, like, th- like as far as narrative goes, this would make such a great movie. Just yeah. from the idea of it and like, like, is it real? Do they go too far? Is it a thing? Uh, Cause it's, if nothing else, it's wildly intriguing that way. But, but, but the, here's the problem with the documentary. They spend a lot of time with uh, McKamey on that uh, subject, right? And then don't draw any fucking conclusions. Yeah. It, is, it doesn't it is investigate it at all. It's but just more of like, to give people you know, an this idea is what real- he does, and here's, and here's people saying that he's ruining the haunted house industry. Right. Now, to give people an idea uh, of what this is, this is like, it's it's put it as like the most crazy out there. Just it's it, it honest to God borderlines, and many people will tell you that it is straight torture for the people that yeah. go through. They say you can stop at any time, but at the same time, well, the people no, that are they going, don't actually. Well, they they there there's no safe word. Uh, you get in there, and they will stop it once they have determined you've had enough. But you have to sign like a forty page waiver to do it. Um, and, and it's not really like a haunted house. It really is a simulated, uh, snuff film. Worst time of your life. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like even in the, even in the documentary, the haunters documentary, people like, uh, he, she, they're watching videos because he videotapes all of it so that one, uh, should anything happen, it's already there, but also because he likes to fucking watch people be terrified. Yeah, it's like it's got to be some sort of wild fetish for him or, or some sort of, you know, in that yeah, neighborhood. Yeah, potentially, right? But, like, you know, thank God he has the evidence, I fucking guess. Maybe, but again, that's where my great thought of, but, like, is this real? Oh, re- yeah, I love yeah, it. yeah. I, I think he it's, definitely gets off on it, but I, you know, I don't know if it's completely sexual or just like he likes the thrill of it or whatever. Something the fuck, along those but, lines, yeah. But, um,. <clears throat> But you sign this fucking waiver, and he and like in the documentary, they're showing uh one of the it's I think it's his neighbor, because he like one of his neighbors did it, mm-hmm. and I think that it, it's her watching, and she's like, this is like this point right, is where I wish there was a safe word because I was really done, yeah, and they kept going, but there's no safe word, and so watching this actually upsets me like right at this point. Because I, I I was going I needed to stop then. Um. But yeah, it's it's I don't know it's, it's it is really fascinating. I'm fascinated by McCamey Manor. I will never fucking do it. Oh God, at no. all. God no. Fuck that shit. Uh, but you know it has a wait list like thousands of people on it. Yeah, this, this uh, is this is legit. The like, people that like it's like the most hardcore crazy people. They're just like yes, 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 and even they come out whimpering, whining. You know, just uh-huh. husks of them, their former selves. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so that's that's what I saw. Uh, we should probably do our big reviews. Yes, sir. Speaking of horrible things, oh, horror. Get it? I, I Listen, I, I tried. Uh, <laughs> okay. Here is the trailer for Insidious, The Last Key. People who need help with matters that can't be explained come to me. These hauntings can be terrifying things. I should know 
I have faced many evils in my life. This was different, though. The haunted house. It's my family's house. Finish it. That was the trailer for Insidious, The Last Key, our first new release review of the week. Here's the IMDb plot line. As we know, IMDb always 100% correct in everything they say and or do. Uh, parapsychologist Dr. Elise Rayner faces her most fearsome and personal haunting yet in her family home. Uh, dun, dun, dun. This is uh, directed by Adam Robitel, uh, starring Lynn Shea, Lee Wanell, uh, Angus Sampson, Kirk Acevedo. Sure. Caitlin Gerard, Spencer Locke, Josh Stewart. There's 8 billion people in this thing. Okay. So, Matt, you yes. are our resident Insidious fan. I saw the first one, did not care for it, didn't really go back to see the others. And I'll admit to you, I did not get enough time to go see two, uh, two and three. Is, is this number four? Uh, this is the fourth one, yes. I didn't get a chance to watch two or three. Uh, so, I'll tell you. Um, well, let's start with you because you this this is your kind of wheelhouse what what did okay. you what did you think of this one, or what of were you this looking? One? What are you looking for? I mean, what's your t- tell us about your thoughts on the series itself? Let's start there. Actually, uh, well, one thing is uh, is that I like I really think uh, I think I said this last week, but I think that it's a very smart move that these movies uh, transitioned over to being about Lynn Shay's character, mm-hmm. the the psychic medium, as opposed to about the family, because one of the like things I didn't care as much about in the second one was that it was, it was literally a a chapter two, like continuation of the story, which I didn't feel like was needed. I didn't hate it. I like I like the second one, but, um, you know, I I wanted something more and it just kind of was more of the same Mm -hmm. in that one. Uh, the third one I think is, uh, after the first film best in the series, maybe better than that one. Uh, just because it does actually scare the shit out of you in some points. Uh, that one is um, like they Lee Wan L wrote and directed that one himself while James Wan was off making that uh, Fast and the Furious sequel and uh, The Conjuring 2. Mm-hmm. So um, 
I think it had some of the best ideas in the franchise and some of the best scares. Uh, this one, I think, lacks a little bit of its identity. Hmm. Um, Lynn Shay still turns in like a pretty great performance. The ghost hunters themselves remain uh, great. Like, and I, and one thing I really liked about this film uh, is that Angus Sampson and Lee Wanell like got a significant amount more um, slapsticky and weird, which I like, like I, I want more of this differentiation a little bit. Like I, I think this franchise is, is maybe something special or has the potential to be something special, but I think that's where the focus needs to be is like, don't just try to do the conjuring yeah, because it's not going to work. Right. Uh, that said, I think that, um, the demon in this one was pretty fucking weak and that the story is a little too con convoluted, right? Like, there, there is, uh, it, I don't know. Uh, there's a, there's a logic at play in this one that I don't think quite works. Um, but overall I generally liked it, but mostly again, based on what I said was its strengths to begin with, which is Lin Shay, uh, who always, uh, delivers. She should have won a fucking Academy award, um, for there's something about Mary, uh, but you know, didn't, um, sometimes they just don't give them to the people that deserve them. Damn it. Uh, 100%, right? But <laughs> but uh, uh, here, like, she delivers in these movies, and I I really do watch uh, like watching Lee Wan L and Angus Samson together. So you have not seen the last two. No. And you did not like the first one. No. Did you finish watching the first one? Yeah, yeah. Or did I mean, you just turn it off? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, so listen, where'd you come I, in I on very this one? Rarely, I very rarely don't finish a flick. Uh, okay. But, um, yeah... I um I did not hate this movie. I thought this was all right. I, uh -huh. I liked it well enough. I think it was like I said, the players in it are fine. Uh, not knowing the the uh, the side characters there, her her sidekicks and everything. Um, Specs yeah, they're Tucker. in the first one, but like they like the like her she and her team come into it late. Yeah, it's been it's been it's been a dog's age since I've seen that thing. So I, as much as I, I yeah, of course, I, I, yeah, two thousand and ten. Yeah, it's a long you time. Uh, so I don't remember much of anything other other than that's as boring. Um, I I don't like them in this. Like they're you know maybe it's a little bit too much. Maybe if I'd seen the characters go along, maybe I'd have a different <laughs> uh, thing. But I, I, with what they're doing in this, I'm just like. And what's with the what's with the Mormon outfits? What's that about? Uh, so she that's in the third one. The third one's the the like the prequel that where like she meets them. Okay, let me ask you a question on this one. And this is not, uh -huh. I don't think I don't know that this is a spoiler. Um, at the end of this thing, is this a is this like technically because the movie takes place in two thousand ten? Is this a yeah, prequel it, it to the into... first Insidious movie? technically oh yeah so so this one and the last one are prequels so like the first like the third one takes place before this one and this one connects okay, up at enough. the very end directly with the first insidious that's, that's what i'd put together so i was like like I was when, when sure she when she's having the having the dream at the end and then she sees the red-faced demon out the window and then she goes and uh she's in the further and she looks in and she sees the boy that's the boy, like that's the boy yeah. in the first Insidious that movie, was... and it's in the attic where he falls off first, and then you don't see what he sees, but you hear the scream, and they run up to find him. And all that that shit. was what, yeah. So I was, I was fairly certain that's what it was, but uh, you know, 
Uh, but here's the thing, PG-13, so it's one of those, but here's where, uh-huh. like, you know, while that can go against it sometimes in these things, here's where it's got going for it. And, uh, you know, he's, he's built it off there starting with, yeah, I don't want to say starting with this because he did a little bit beforehand, but this is the, the, this is the wheelhouse that Jason Blum runs at, man. Uh, putting together nice, you know, decent genre films and stuff like that huh? for a low amount of money. This thing costs ten grand. It's made fifty worldwide, fifty-four worldwide right now. Wildly profitable. Right. This film, even though in the grand scheme of things, nobody's seen it. You know, uh, right? Pretty good, and 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 I liked it. It it held up well enough. I mean, the scares were good enough, and uh, you know, it it wasn't half bad. And any time that you can. Uh, you know, uh, get Bruce Davidson in there for no other reason, who I didn't know was in this thing, and he showed up like, hey, I uh-huh. like that. It's not bad. Makeup effects are pretty decent. I liked, uh, I, I liked the I like the design of the demon. Yeah. And when, when we get to, um, I won't spoil anything here, but when we get to find out, the, you know, things about certain characters and why they did, and possibly why they did what they did, and the right. secrets that are hidden behind and stuff, that was really intriguing. I mean, that was like uh, you know when yeah. when there's a when there's a whip of the camera and then and then we see uh, you know something else and it's like oh wow this goes way deeper than we had expected mm-hmm. and also at the same time too it, it gave you an idea of like well was what she was hearing during a child what she thought she was hearing or was it something different uh, you know a lot of those questions could be asked and I thought that was kind of clever to really put all that stuff out there and give us something that was a little it felt a little bit different to me and I like that yeah yeah I, I think that stuff works right where I think like the movie starts to get a little convoluted is introducing like her extended family yeah. right like like I feel like the stakes of that are added by uh, her her personal family being involved toward the end of the film do not actually increase any of the tension or like the impetus to figure shit out. Yeah. They could have really been anybody. I mean, I guess, you know, if we're giving it like a scale of one to 10 of like, you know, one is a little bit, 10 is all the gives you the most. It's like a two or three, maybe like it doesn't add that much to it. it you wouldn't have been like, Oh, I don't feel anything yeah, I mean, because they're like not it, related. Like it adds resonance to a lot of the family stuff going on in the film, but it's also just not necessary. Yeah, it's it's for, not for something what, that you go, ooh, that happening. was well worth it, or like, oh, you see the family ties that bind or some such shit. That doesn't really, that's not a, right. completely existent, I would say. But I'll say this. As someone who's, uh, and, and I, 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 go to, I go so far as to venture, save for, you know, the very end, uh, which is obviously just a key up to the to the first Insidious movie. I'd say you could go into this blind and and have a decent enough time. You will question these weird two dudes and why she dressed them up looking all fancy pants. Uh, yeah. But outside of that, you know, you'll probably have a decent time in this. And if you know, because it's professional, man. You dress up, suit and tie, or you know, yeah, shirt and tie. Sure thing. Professional. <laughs> With that haircut, I don't know that professional is the right word I'd be using, brother. <laughs> I love his hair haircut. Angus Sampson's weird fucking long hair mullet thing. Uh, <laughs> that guy's fucking of. brilliant, by the way. You, I, you have to have seen him in, uh, fuck, what was that movie he was in? Um, hold on. I'm gonna look it up. 
It was uh, so he was in Mad Max. He was the guy who did the like medical stuff. Everybody was covered in dirt in that movie. He could he could have been anybody. Okay, <laughs> right. But this but here's one. So so uh, recently Fargo the TV series, but the movie that I'm thinking out uh, is uh, from 2012, A Hundred Bloody Acres, and this movie is fucking amazing. Um, it's got Damon, uh, Heron and, and Angus Sampson. They played, uh, two brothers who are, um, running an organic fertilizer business where they, uh, Oh, I listened st- to people to review this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't and seen I, it, and but I, I've heard I reviews. think I reviewed it back in the day too. I yeah, fucking love that. That's right. Yeah. You did as well. Uh, but anyway, he's great in that. So I really do love, uh, Angus Sampson. Like, I think he's fantastic. Um, First and, of all, I'll for say, me in this movie, it's just like a lot of fun. I'll <laughs> say this though: the only thing that I have, the, the, you want to know what's the most unbelievable thing in this? It's not the ghouls, it's not the ghosts, it's not the goblins, it's none of that stuff. It's not this woman that can walk on side of the other planes of reality. It's the fact that these two girls uh-huh. aren't throwing up in their mouths when these two dudes try to flirt with them. <laughs> well, I mean, Lee Wanell's uh, sort of charming. I don't know. He's like he is so way. yeah. Well, super weirdo way. There's no hey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> uh-huh. It's like, oh Jesus! I'm like, I'm cringing for you, bro. Uh, anyway, so I'm gonna say like this movie's solid. I don't think it's the best in the franchise, but I also don't think it's a bad movie. Uh, it, I had a pretty good time with it. Uh, that was slightly ruined by an in theater experience uh, with some assholes. Oh, speaking but, of which, dude, I was literally the only one in the theater today watching this. It was it. It hell was yeah. just me. It was super. And I and I want to talk about that for half a sec here, real quick. Interesting feeling because, like, I think we all love like a horror film where you've got like a nice packed audience and everybody's into it and all that kind of good stuff. One of my favorite experiences like that was in the second run theater for Freddy versus Jason. It was like Fifty uh-huh. Cent Tuesday, and it was packed out and everybody was just having a blast like experiences like that are really good but also it got it like being the literally the only person in the theater and everything it was way scarier <laughs> watching this film it really was it was a cool i loved it no one was there yeah it was I, quiet, I like seeing stuff but it like also that. made a nice it was also i thought it felt much more scary because nobody else was there so get on it not too well, bad all right let's jump on here to our second uh Review, here is the trailer for I, Tanya. The haters always say, Tanya, tell the truth. There's no such thing as truth. Everyone has their own truth. I was the best figure skater in the world at one point in time. Call that a clean skate, for Christ's sake. Do not swear in front of the kids. I didn't swear, you cunt. Who's that? You two fuck yet? You need to see a wholesome American family. I don't have a wholesome American family. You skated like a graceless bull dyke. I was embarrassed for you. My entire life, I've been told I wouldn't amount to anything. You know what? Maybe I would. How do I get a fair shot here? We also judge on presentation. Suck my dick. I'm gonna need to leave in the playing field. I know a guy, shouldn't even be saying his name. Derek. The 
press wanted me to be the pile of crap. I never did this. What is going on? We're with the FBI. They know something. What can you tell us about Tanya Harding? I don't know a Tony Harding. <laughs> Aren't you her bodyguard? As a kid, did you ever love me? I made you a champion, knowing you'd hate me for it. That's the sacrifice a mother makes. He cursed me. America, they want someone to love. They want someone to hate. I mean, come on. What kind of friggin' person bashes in their friend's knee? Who would do that to a friend? All right, that was a trailer for I, Tanya, our last new release review of the week, IMDb Plotline. Competitive ice skater Tanya Harding rises amongst the U.S. the ranks at the U.S. Figure Skating Championships, but her future in the in the activity, that's horribly written, is thrown into doubt when her ex-husband intervenes. This is uh, directed by Craig Gillespie, written by Stephen Rogers, who could, I can only assume is indeed Captain America. Uh, starring Margot Robbie, Sebastian Stan, Allison Janney, and more, and, and, and the most tanned Bobby Cardavala you've seen in quite some time, I do believe. And that's and that's and this is coming hot on the heels of a of, of a week when he was, you know, last week he was in a movie uh, that he was in the jungle. He's Tanner in this flick. He was in he was in both movies last week. Yeah, and and uh, when, I, when I saw him one day after the other in Jumanji. In this fucking movie, crazy, right? And then Paul Walter Hauser as well. Another hilarious uh, addition to this thing. Man, oh man, this film is great. <laughs> uh huh. This is a really good thing. I mean, first of all, uh, you know, I'm such a giant fan of Margot Robbie and everything that she does. And uh, even though you know, look, you can try to ugly up the woman as much as you can. It's it's pretty hard to do. But boy, does she nail this role, and I love that we're kind of seeing it from a whole bunch of different perspectives and stuff like this. Uh, you know, her side, uh, Jeff Galuli's side and everything like that going here, there back and forth. And, um, and, and he, he would be one to say it as well. Cause I've, I've heard him in interviews is, uh, Craig Gillespie is very much in this flick, um, influenced by Scorsese. And there's so much of that here. Well, that's true, although I do have a huge fucking problem with people talking about this movie. Okay. Uh, it's in the trailer, right, mm-hmm. where it says uh, this is the, the Goodfellas of figure skating. Right. And people compare this movie to Goodfellas all the time. It's not Goodfellas. I'll say that. What, but <laughs> here, why, do you, why are they comparing it to Goodfellas? Take a wild guess. Uh, voiceover narrative. Uh, direct address, right? First person? Yeah. I, okay. okay. I can see that. Goodfellas, he directly addresses the camera in one scene. Yeah, most of most of it is just VO. Yeah. It's, it's straight up voiceover, right? But, like, yeah, okay, influenced by Scorsese, sure. Who the fuck isn't? Um, I don't know that this movie has all that much Scorsese in it. It's fucking good. I just mean from I a lot of I, I from a lot of camera movements. What I'm saying is like because the the most prominent repetitive shot in this, and I'm not saying that is a bad thing, 
is is the the fast dolly close up. It's it's there uh, constantly. Yeah. I mean, I get that, and right? It's great. But like, in and any it, case, and attention to and attention to needle drop and things of that measure. I mean, they literally spent this uh, uh, about a million dollars on needle drops alone in this film on a, yeah, like a ten sure. million dollar budget. And and it's good. I fucking like everything about this movie. I love it. It's one of the, it's one of my favorite things I've seen. Margot Robbie fucking nails everything. Allison Janney, uh, one of the best performances I've seen on screen this year. She really, she uh, should probably, if she doesn't get a nomination for best supporting actress, that's a damn shame because she. Well, really I mean, she delivers. won the Golden Globe, oh, so she, she better fuck. Okay, good deal. I did watch. Yeah. It, so. Um. So so it's very likely she'll win, and if she doesn't, uh, who the fuck knows what the Academy? And again, doing. it's another one of those just. Uh, not, not that she has, but she's had such a great career forever today, and it's just I, you know, you want to see somebody like that just kind of get more and more accolades when they don't tend to as much, just because they're mm-hmm. fly a little bit under the radar for a lot of people. Yeah, but yeah, she she's in a like she's in a lot of stuff. She's been great in a lot of stuff. Um, she won a lot of awards uh, back when she was on The West Wing. Um, I just really love her. She. That that show, Mom, uh, on CBS. ABC, CBS of CBS. all places, I think I fucking think it, hilarious. I, think it is. I like that movie. I, I like that show a lot. Hmm. Um, yeah, I I uh, I don't know what to say. I, I don't. I just disagree with the constant Scorsese comparisons. I understand that he's influenced. I get the fucking dolly shot thing, but like, I really do think this is doing something a little different than any of Scorsese's interest. No, I mean, like, like I said, my, and, and mostly just style. The, okay, fair enough. I mean, I just think it is. Uh, one, it's um, it's pseudo mockumentary, documentary kind of mm-hmm. technique, right? So that's one thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. There, I think this is very much a movie that has a lot of fingerprints in the influence, and Scorsese is one of them. Right. I'll say that. And it, let's yeah. be honest. It's but, it's the so, easy one for people to grab at too. That's I think that's I think that's more or less the point is that most people aren't versed enough to wear that and that's just the first thing that they kind of go to. So Well, I mean I don't I don't think it's entirely wrong, but I I just people really harp on that shit. Yeah. Um and I but but what I'm my real point is I think that dis, that distracts from like how good Craig Gillespie's filmmaking actually is here. Yeah. Because it is like you're saying basically that he's uh, aping somebody's style on one level. And I don't think that's entirely true. I think the DNA is there, but he's doing something different with it. Um, and what and what he's doing is like this really um, interesting uh, and uh, incisive look at uh, issues of class and privilege and um familial uh generational abuse and uh the shit politics of professional sport and especially uh, one an indictment like, of the you know, media high classes, on some level you know skating and stuff yeah what's that especially is something is like you know highfalutin is like you know ice skating oh yeah for sure right and i think like what what this movie gets really good at doing is kind of picking apart not only the different viewpoints 
of the people who who the film's narrative is based on, right? So the filmmaker he he went and interviewed people, right? Um, and then based this movie on those interviews, uh, the the screenwriter, I mean, um, and so uh, he like sat down and talked to all of them. And from that crafted the narrative. But what's good about this movie is it really does pick apart like where these stories converge, where they differ. It has a little bit of a Rashomon thing going on, Mm -hmm. uh, especially when it gets into the details of the Nancy Kerrigan uh, case. Right. But I think what it's what it's really good at doing is like still getting at some semblance of the actual real truth, which is that, um, and if you watch there, there's a really great documentary. It was part of the ESPN 30 for 30 series. I can't remember the name of it right now, but it's really amazing. And if you want more of it, like go and watch that thing. Um, but the basic gist of it is like people remember Tanya Harding as this fucking monster who did all this stuff. And the reality of the situation is, as she's always claimed, and as Galuli even says in this thing, is like, she thought we were writing letters and that we were fucking idiots for doing so anyway. And that's what she knew. Uh, she told the FBI uh, what had happened as soon as she put it together. Um, and then she ended up actually getting like the harshest punishment for it. Yeah, especially, and we, we, you definitely kind of get how, like, brutal her punishment was come, you know, the sentencing time and everything like that. That's where it was just like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they got, they got, they did it and they got 18 months, right? And she ended up getting, like, uh, five years probation, but also, like, a lifetime ban from the sport of figure skating, um, a shit ton of community service hours, like, she really did get completely railroaded by the judicial system. And it's entirely because she was the one who was famous. She had the face. Yeah. Right? You, and some, and like a lot of these people, they go, Oh, well we, we, we put a face on this thing. So we have to, uh, uh, you know, make a, um, make a case, make everybody, everybody know an example, if you will. Right. And, and also, like everybody in the sport, had it out for her any fucking way, right? I mean, because right? when and you're she, really, she you're really, really did good, work her way you, into it, yeah. Uh, but by like just fucking outskating everybody, to be quite honest. But the bullshit was it's like, oh, if you, you you know, sure you got the talent, but you don't have the class to be here with the rest of us. Which you know, in any other sport, you're right. like, they you were go to fucking foot- dirt poor, right? Yeah. She was sewing her own goddamn uniforms. (laughs) If you're on a football team, it doesn't matter. The rich kid versus the poor kid, they're both on the same playing field. There's no difference. They all put on the same sort of outfit and go and do their stuff. Here, it's just like, oh, well, you aren't, you aren't, you know, of a certain class and you don't have this certain things that we do. Doesn't matter what your talent is. We're still going to be able to kind of step on you because you were not of our, quote unquote, our level. Right. Even if you may be more, you know, uh, you know, physically talented than they are. Yes. Uh, sleeper in this thing is Sebastian Stan. Uh, that's another cat that's just like, I I think 
because we, you know, we all just kind of think Winter Soldier when we, you know, hear the name and everything, and, and rightfully uh-huh. so. It was a, it was a big role, but he's another one of those dudes. I think that's just gonna over the next couple of years, specifically, is really just gonna kind of sneak in there and be just great and flick after flick after flick, and then eventually, you know, the rest of the world is gonna figure it out. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, like he he's been around for a long time. Yeah. Uh, in kind of bit parts and things like that. He was great in, in uh, The Martian um, a few years back. Uh, he was also in Black Swan. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, it's just like a hot second. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, yeah, he's really good. He's, he's going he's gonna to be one of those, like, in the next 10 years, that guy's going to just go into the stratosphere, I think. We'll see. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> You know, I I think so, so, but I think it it will depend on him doing a lot more um, non-Marvel movies and how people continue to respond to those. And it's interesting that here he has not been the person people are talking about. Now, granted, that's because he's in a film that has two remarkably strong female leads. Yeah. I mean, including like. Like Margot Robbie is is amazing, and like I said, like Allison Janney really does give one of the best performances maybe I've ever seen, but specifically this year for sure, she's the best thing I've seen. Um, so and at the end of the day, he is the straight man for Paul Walter Hauser's character for sure. Yeah, right. That that's the other part who, of it is like he's definitely laughs. part of a duo uh, that I don't think reads as. Um, clearly like, Hey, let's pay attention to Sebastian Stan all the time. Right. Because a lot of it is reacting to just how fucking idiotic his buddy is. <laughs> He's so and, and all that shit's real. Yeah. Like they have the real interview videos at the end of the thing. And it's just like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. dude. <laughs> you've just got to be kidding me. But you're not a secret. Yeah. Uh, travel magazines have said so. <laughs> it's like, what? What, yeah, right. What travel mag- magazine, a travel magazine. B, they would have a section in said travel magazine where they talk about who special forces people are. <laughs> yeah, why would they do that? Doesn't make any sense. That's great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's uh, there's some fantastic shots in this, uh, especially uh, on the ice stuff. And uh-huh. uh, the cool part about that is, is the cinematographer was actually an ice skater. Yeah. And, and yeah, got they got the that, ice that, to do this those stuff. sequences are amazing. Uh, I think that uh, the polish on the face replacement is not quite as strong as I would like it to be. Yeah, in a couple spots it is a little iffy, but like you know, but it's fine because most of it's so damn fast. Yeah, it's but man, oh man, they got whoever they got to do the. I forget. I got, they got somebody, a couple people, to do the doubles and stuff like that for her. And the funny part is, is that then. Margot Robbie then had to kind of sculpt her body to match the doubles. <laughs> yeah, right. And then uh, you know, fast all around, but uh, damn good job. I mean, the skating, the skating in this is is fantastic for sure. Uh, but it's a good time, and like I said, it is. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of needle drops in it. That's they're all really fun, really. Uh, but it, but it's good. The movie keeps flowing. How long is this thing? Yeah, it's like two hours, but honestly, it feels yeah. like it's an hour and a half. This thing books. Yeah, and and quite honestly, what I wanted more of, and like was was pre Nancy Kerrigan. I feel like like it loses a little momentum when it gets into the Kerrigan stuff and just kind of dwells on it, which 
you know, works for what it's doing. But I, I, I wanted more like pre Kerrigan, uh, sassy ass Tanya Harding. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because she really did have like a really remarkable upswing in her career. And I think after a certain point, we just like in the film, you just get like this happened and then this happened and then this happened. And now we're at Nancy Kerrigan and we're going to spend half an hour here. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I, I, I wanted like, I don't know, 10 minutes more, maybe a, like go into some, some of the, like the politics of it a little more or like her fucking shit up again or like whatever, just like figure it out, you know? Yeah. And like I said, it, it flies so much that honestly you could have put another five ten in there. And I, I don't know that anybody would be like, come on, just get over it. Cause it, uh, it, like I said, it, it moves along at quite a decent pace. So I, I don't think anybody's going to have that problem. Uh, so that's it, man. Two strong recommendations there. So uh, check yeah, out I, Tanya. It is uh, wide as of this weekend. So uh, you, you ain't got no excuses, everybody. Go on out there and see it. Now, next week, we have uh, got quite the uh, quite the lengthy program coming up. Holy smokes. Uh, so we're wrapping up another 2017 uh, flick with The Post. That has finally gone wide uh, to hopefully everybody at this point. But my God, it took forever. Uh, we'll also be talking about Paddington 2. Uh, we we reviewed the first Paddington on this year program. You, you did. I didn't see it when oh, you that's saw right. it, but I saw it after. I reviewed it. It was great, and you should watch this uh, next one, too, because it looks like it's going to be a lot more of the same kind of good stuff. Uh, we've got another one. I think, this, I think Liam Neeson said this is going to be his last kind of movie like this, uh, The Commuter. Uh, so Liam Neeson's is going and kicking some ass, as he does. And speaking of kicking ass, we also have Proud Mary. Uh, with uh, maybe not as traditional thought of Taraji P. Henson as a badass kickrasser, but we'll see. Trailer looks very action packed. Uh, I hope it's good. The trailer was good. I do too, but I do not think it looks good. Uh, I'm tr- look, I'm <laughs> but, we'll, but we'll see. I'm trying to stay positive on that one. I just don't. I like. I'm not. I'm not holding out for hope. But I'm like, just don't be, you know, dog shit awful. That's all I'm asking. Uh, but in the meantime, Matt, where can we find more of your work on the internet, sir? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt Boyd Smith. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Matt underscore Boyd underscore Smith. And you can follow me, uh, subscribe to my newsletter. It's fun. I like doing this thing. I'm going to do it more often than I have been doing. Um, that is at tinyletter.com slash conspiracy media theory. And I really am going to start talking conspiracy theories in that fucking thing uh, very soon. So get into it. JFK was an alien, everybody. And of course, my other podcast, Hero Movie Podcast at HeroMoviePodcast.com. We've got a whole bunch of new stuff coming up. And I love that people are reaching out and saying like, hey, cover this, cover this, cover this, which is awesome because it's always hard for me to figure out what the fuck to cover over there. Uh, so we'll be doing all that kind of good stuff, man. Remember, email us at thefilmfinder@gmail.com if you got any questions, concerns, comments, anything else like that. Uh, that is it. Join us next week when we talk Paddington 2, The Post, The Commuter, and Proud Mary for Matt Smith. I'm Adam Portress. We will see you guys next time. Don't you know?